0: Hi, I'm Kate, and welcome to the Picture House Podcast, where we discuss the architecture, design, and history of America's early cinemas. We hope that telling the stories of these places and the people associated with them will help you explore their place in our collective memory and our communities today. As often happens, I got the idea for this episode while researching another topic. While looking into mid-century modern theaters I stumbled on a list of half a dozen Quonset hut theaters. Once I decided to dive further down that research rabbit hole, I actually found mention of many, many more. So let's talk about a few of them. First, let's tackle the broader concept of Quonset huts. During the buildup of arms preceding the United States' entry into World War II, The U.S. Navy was in need of an inexpensive, prefabricated structure that was highly resistant to the elements and adaptable to the varying climes of the European and Pacific theaters. The structure would also need to be simple enough that untrained men could assemble it, and flexible enough to house a variety of uses, from barracks to offices to storage. In addition, the U.S. began to acquire bases abroad through the Lend-Lease Act of 1941. Labor and material resources in these locations were often limited and necessitated the swift, inexpensive construction of simple, adaptable structures. In March of 1941, the Navy enlisted the George A. Fuller Construction Company of New York and Strand Steel, a division of the Great Lakes Steel Corporation, to design a structure that would fit the bill. Architects Peter DeJong and Otto Brandenberger led the project with assistance from Robert McDonnell, Tomasino Secondino, and Domini Ergo. In response to the urgent need for mass-produced, easy-to-erect, portable accommodations for military personnel and equipment storage, the Quonset hut was designed by the Fuller Strand Steel team in a matter of weeks during April and May of 1941. Their model was based heavily on the British-built Nissen hut developed during World War I. So named for the place of its development, a U.S. naval base at Quonset Point, Rhode Island, the first Quonset hut was known as the T-Rib Quonset hut and was 16 feet wide by 36 feet long with an 8-foot radius. The building was framed with steel members, sided with corrugated steel sheets, and capped on the ends with pre-assembled plywood faces punctured with openings for doors and windows. The interior of the building featured insulation that was installed on-site, pressed wood lining, tongue and groove floors, and overhead lighting suspended from the central spine of the ceiling. The true Quonset hut type exhibits a semicircular shape where the wall and roof are one unit, an interior metal structural system, metal cladding, and the principal elevation is located on the end. The utilitarian design of Quonsets allowed for a multitude of uses. The military used them for storage, housing, hospitals, airplane hangars, offices, and more. After the war, the military sold surplus Quonset huts to the public. While Quonsets were originally seen as temporary building types manufactured by the government, they came to find favor as permanent buildings for civilian use, including movie theaters. In August of 1946, it was reported out of New York State that Quonset huts for small theaters intrigue film row. Morris Shulman is setting one up at the Gaiety in Inlet, Adirondack Mountain Resort, and a Manilus exhibitor is putting another at Morrisville. The Gaiety may have been the first instance of a Quonset Hut theater. More soon followed, such as the Fox Theater in Aurora, Colorado. Aurora residents had been seeking a theater for several years, but material shortages during the war prevented construction of a new cinema. When the war was over and the town citizens once again lobbied for a new theater, surplus Quonset huts made it possible. The theater was built under the supervision of M.C. Glatz, General Purchasing Agent and Construction Supervisor of the Fox Intermountain Circuit. It opened on October 30, 1946, with speeches by Aurora's mayor, Frank H. Ricketson, Jr., head of the Fox Intermountain Circuit, and others. The Fox Aurora consisted of four Quonset hut sections, each 20 feet in length and with a radius of 40 feet. The theater had a capacity of 670, with roughly 150 seats in a stadium section. The stadium portion is of standard construction with steel and high-ribbed lath, sustaining three inches of poured concrete at the sides, and corrugated sheet aluminum in the curvature of the prefabricated sections, laid on extensions of the Quonset hut longitudinal ribbing. To allow sustainable viewing clearances in the main floor seating, the auditorium floor slope is of compound type with incline up at the screen end. The screen itself was adorned with decorative drapes. The nearly 700 seats were American seating's Badaform chairs, and if you haven't listened to it already, go check out our previous episode, Creature Comforts, for more on the Badaform. The aisles, lobby, and interestingly, even the restrooms were carpeted. In addition to the practical needs of a standard movie house, enough capacity to be profitable, ability for the patrons to see the screen and hear the show, there were also aesthetic concerns. Theater owners weren't always content with the very industrial, utilitarian look of Quonsets. In the case of the Fox Aurora, architectural measures were taken to create a decorative interior concealing the circular span of galvanized sheet steel and also to prevent resonance of sound from the exterior metal. These measures were to stretch chicken wire mesh over the outside of the Quonset ribs and overlay this mesh with an inch of acoustic plaster. Then corrugated sheet steel was laid over the plaster. Acoustic plaster was applied between the ribs as well toward the interior, and then for interior finish, metal lath covered with asbestos was used except for the lower part of the wall, where cement was used. These lower portions were painted with decorative scrolls. Like many of the Quonsets that were adapted to cinema use, the Fox Aurora was given something of a false front. A brick building has been erected to affect a theatrical facade and to house lobby and restroom facilities, and also heating, ventilating, and other equipment, there being no excavation. The exterior of the facade was faced in corrugated sheet metal that was painted white and had stainless steel trim. A 61-foot neon sign with FOX in vertical letters was also incorporated on the facade, this and other architectural effects being designed by Denver architect Charles D. Strong. I'm happy to report that the Fox Aurora still stands today. Since the mid-80s, it's been the home of the Aurora Fox Theater Company and hosts to many other performing arts organizations. The Aurora utilized the Quonset Forty by the Great Lakes Steel Corporation of Detroit. In May of 1948, the company was boasting 41 Quonset theaters in operation, including in Abilene, Texas, Port Juanimi, California, Cave Junction, Oregon, and Frankenmuth, Michigan. Barely six months later, in late October of 1948, the company was advertising that more than 100 of their Quonset theaters were in operation theater owners throughout the country are eagerly turning to the Quonset 40 for adaptations to movie houses that are completely different from anything seen before. An important motive actuating this trend, besides the incentive of lower cost, is the adaptability of the Quonset 40. It represents a new standard of entertainment luxury that box office receipts indicate is appreciated by the public. Customers are held by the Quonset Theater's optimum acoustics, attractive appearance inside and out as well as comfortable air conditions the year-round. The Quonset 40, which is 40 feet wide in any length desired, offers theater architects unlimited possibilities in design. Exterior facades can be as modern as tomorrow, interiors as artistic as the imagination of the architect can create and the owner can afford. A basic building, framed with steel and sheathed with steel, the Quonset 40 offers inherent advantages of fire resistance, long life, and inexpensive maintenance. It is engineered to be permanently safe. Fast direction is assured because of the all-steel strand steel frame, whose Archer Rib members have the patented mailing groove which permits other building materials to be nailed directly to the frame. Another interesting example of a Quonset hut theater comes from South Carolina. In October 1947, a Quonset theater known as the Carver opened for the African-American residents of Rock Hill. At this time, many theaters in the U.S. were segregated, either having designated areas, often the balcony, for African-American moviegoers, or, as in much of the South, completely separate theaters altogether. We'll go into greater depth on segregated moviegoing in a future episode. In Rock Hill, experienced theater businessman Jesse C. Cox drew up his own plans for a theater that would consist of a Quonset metal frame with a brick and stucco front. The 100-foot-long Carver used the Quonset 40 that we just talked about. The interior walls were finished in plaster, and the theater seated almost 500 people. I'm not sure how long the Carver served the African-American movie-going population in Rock Hill, and sadly, the building no longer exists today. And a little history on just one more Quonset for you. This one erected in Michigan in 1948, and notable for the fact that it had radiant heat. In the small town of Marne, Michigan, about a dozen miles northwest of Grand Rapids, Albert Heffernan built a Quonset theater with a seating capacity of just over 400. Besides offering an interesting plan for the adaptation of Quonset construction to the purposes of a low-budget theater, Mr. Heffernan's Crown Theater is one of the very few theaters with the radiant heating. In the Crown, the concrete floors of both the ground level and the second level above the front traffic and toilet area are the immediate sources of heat, containing within the concrete mixture a gridiron of hot water pipes. The heating system is sized to 70 degrees inside temperature at 10 degrees below zero outside. The Crown Theater was designed by Grand Rapids architect Emil G. Zilmer. The two-story front entrance lobby area, which also included the projection room and a cry room, was built of haydite block, a lighter alternative to concrete block, but still with a good ability to insulate. And I'll just add another note here. Again, check back on our Creature Comforts episode for more on the cry room. Okay, back to the Crown. The ticket office is entirely inside the lobby, located immediately to the left of the entrance doors, which are of flush slab pine with round windows. The ticket office has a counter flush with the lobby wall and extends into a passageway, which also gives access to the men's and women's toilet rooms, which adjoin each other on the other side of the lobby. The auditorium portion of the crown was finished with tri-colored furred-out cellotex, which is a type of fire-resistant insulation board. The theater's 400-some blue faux leather seats were furnished by the Ideal Seating Company and were arranged in three sections with 32 inches between each row. Neutral tones of beige and tan were chosen for the aisle carpets. The building appears to still exist today, although it has long since ceased to be a movie theater. There are plenty of historical reports of Quonset hut theaters springing up all over the U.S. in the second half of the 1940s. In New York, Pennsylvania, California, Oregon, Texas, Missouri, Illinois, New Jersey, South Dakota, Washington State. Those were just a few of the mentions that I found. I bet every state in the nation had at least one Quonset hut theater at some point. And the website Cinema Treasures lists more than a hundred of them but I've profiled just a few here. With so many more out there, I invite you to explore some of them, like the Royal Theater in St. Petersburg, Florida. Similar to the Carver in that it was a theater for African Americans during a time of segregation, the building still serves its community today as a boys and girls club, or the 323-seat Lake Theater in Bailey's Harbor, Wisconsin. Opened in 1947, It showed movies until 2000. Although it's now gone, it's fondly remembered by Door Peninsula residents and visitors alike. See what you can find. Maybe, like me, you'll come away with an appreciation for just how adaptable these seemingly cookie-cutter military structures can be, and for how they offered an affordable building option, bringing cinemas to populations who may not have otherwise had a chance to see a movie. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you'll join us for our next episode. Until then, may your seats be ever in the center.